Welcome to the Reticle Up Podcast, where I, Three Gun Kenzie, will be interviewing competitive shooters, hunters, fishermen, archers, entrepreneurs, and outdoorsmen. Come learn with me as I interview people from all walks of life, in different disciplines, all across the world, from novices to professionals of all ages. No matter what, everyone has something they can teach you. So come join me on the journey. Welcome everyone to the Reticle Up podcast. I'm here with Don Obier and Rich Franco. They are avid sportsmen and are three gun competitors, pistol competitors, all of the things. So welcome guys. Thanks, Thank glad to be here. <laughs> so I want to start out and kick this off because it's always fun to know how did we all meet and how did you two meet? Hmm. So where you want to start? How did we meet or how did Don and I meet? Doesn't matter for the fans listening. If Rich is there, Don is there. If Don is there, Rich is there. <laughs> no, that's not true. Sometimes majors, only majors. That's it. All right, Don, I'll let you take that one. What? How did we all meet? No, just you and I. Mountain you State said- two years ago. Yeah, but didn't we meet in the squad together, or did we meet at the bar the night? No, it was, at, it was at the bar. We were we were eating dinner. And you were- <laughs> oh, okay. You were sitting off to my left, you and uh, James eating wings. That's right. That was a that was a special place because uh, was that what the night the wedding was going on and there was like yep. some yeah. Is this, is oh this Mountain God. State? Yeah. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. okay. I get it because the hotel <laughs> is the place. <laughs> yep, and they were having like this nice classy wedding. The uh, the bride was wearing like a a two piece white mini skirt. The dude was wearing a tuxedo t shirt with uh camouflage shorts and crocs yeah and there's like just some dude standing uncomfortably close to us drinking like a deuce we just we didn't even know what was going on yeah we just hit, we just hit it off and you said you want some wings and it just kind of went from there yeah it sounds like a relationship you guys just hit it off oh yeah we yeah. just hit it off yeah. love it first sight oh man and so yeah do y'all remember how we met yeah nationals yeah, it was national last year at nationals yeah. ross peru back in the day yeah. that was a lot of fun yeah. we were trying to uh i specifically remember uh, the long range stage out to six and a quarter and we were trying to get our dopes for that yeah, yeah. you had your little paper i had an actual yeah. you know phone device <laughs> yeah doesn't get wet i had the highest time of the match it's great so, so john tell us about that raw time yo tell us at raw time, like I think the par time set by Horner was like low 60s, and I dropped a nice 220 or something like that before the penalties. It was great, <laughs> awesome. I think every time we got off the stage, Don was like, or we were like, done. There's like 17 targets you missed, bro. <laughs> and you had no tough. idea. <laughs> you had no idea. That, that long range stage was like 20 shots, and I went to a third mag, and I was just like, this is this bad. <laughs> I hit my paper solid. Yeah, that, yeah was, got, that was a good stage. Yeah, I was third overall in that one, which was pretty nice. But then I decided to not shoot the five or six paper targets right in front of us on the bus. I was like, I don't need to, I don't need to shoot those. That was the first stage of the match. We can blame that on James for getting yeah. us there. I had a great time on that first match or first stage. So whatever. <laughs> I, I had fun. I just, it's probably the worst match I've ever shot since the first day I started shooting. Good, good. Had, well, We'll get to that point because I want to ask about stage planning and mental focus and all that. Yeah, that was my first serious big match. I mean, 
Yeah. Yeah. Rich went to shop there, made him go. Yeah. You were just getting into it, and you you went straight to open, yeah. Yeah, I I didn't know anything about the game really, and I had bought an M and P that was ported, and that pretty much put me in open. So I just <laughs> kind of stuck with it. I think it's done well for you. So, um, yeah. So, Rich, actually, start that off. How long have you been shooting competitively? Uh, seriously, competitively, about five years. Um, this is my third year with F1, and it's been quite a ride. Really enjoyed their rifles, and um, but yeah, this is my third year. I only I hit up the majors last year, and I'm hoping to have another another fun year with the majors this year. Heck yeah, cool. Don, what about you? Uh, I had to go back and look it up. It'd be uh, three years in August. <laughs> and when we started, the only thing we had was a local match that was held quarterly. So, but like my first couple matches, it was like every three months you waited to go shoot one little local match. Right. Yeah. yeah. You prep for it. <laughs> yeah. I think well, I looked scores up. I was like 32 out of 50 in my first match. Hey, it wasn't last. It wasn't last. You're right. <laughs> That's a good goal for the first match. I mean, I remember taking Malin to her first match. She's like, as long as I'm not last. And, you know, it gives you confidence. You're not the worst. <laughs> yeah, but a lot of people in my match were, like, very old, so. And females, I'm sure. <laughs> we didn't have that many women cheat our matches. We had, like, maybe two. Oh, man. My favorite comment, too, was um, <laughs> when we were shooting the USBSA match. And was it? It was Jalice. Oh my gosh. So she got bummed to open because of her, her magazine, right? And so she, Dawn already shoots the stage. She comes in and just crushes because at that point she didn't care. So she's going fast as possible. And then Dawn goes, that's not a fast. Well, she is an open. <laughs> Your limited gun. I, that's my best joke you've ever had. <laughs> yes, son. Yep. Oh, not happy about that one. All right, we'll move on. We'll move on. So do you remember... Do you remember the first gun that you ever shot ever? I would say it would happen to have been my uh, Crossman. Good old Crossman pump. The Crossman BB gun. Yeah. I remember being real, real little going out hunting with my dad and I had my gun with me hunting with him. It was pretty cool. So he, your dad was the one that taught you everything to start? Yeah. Yeah. I started, I hunted. I've been hunting a long time. Used to hunt a lot. Did a lot. Loved small game hunting. Loved duck hunting. Lived along, lived, lived along a river. In fact, I live along a creek right now. So this is my view. That oh, it's pretty. Every day. It's a uh, fine creek. But anyways, yeah. And then uh, when I came up here and went to school and played ball and everything, that kind of slowed down. And I'm starting to get back into it again. So that's so cool. So you gradually worked yourself up to like the larger calibers. Yeah, I. I honestly don't even remember the first time I shot a larger caliber but definitely started with the bb guns and the 22s definitely before i was 12 that's awesome huh so did you have like a lesson that you're learned kind of like early on about about firearms or you know anything that you can remember that just stuck well for me personally my dad was uh you didn't cross my dad he was pretty tough but he was he, he's a great guy but he was always very like um, he was pretty serious when it came to that kind of stuff. So you didn't, you didn't mess around. There was no going back. Once you pulled that trigger, you better know where it's going and you better know where it's going beyond that. So my dad was very strict when it came to that kind of stuff and firearms. So that's amazing. No playing around. That's awesome though. That's a good way to, to do it. You know, respecting their tool. Mm-hmm. Don, what about you? What was that uh, first gun you shot? You know, 
You remember the old uh, Crossman 10 pump BB guns? That's what Rich was saying? It might sound yeah. familiar. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know if yours was the 10 pump one or not. But oh, yeah. yeah. You know what it is? I actually just threw it away because I couldn't get the sights back on and it was just so far off. I'm like, I might as well just get rid of it. I'm My dad still has mine. It still works. Oh. But it, uh, I got that for about two months because my dad wanted me to start hunting with him. And then right after that, it was 20 gauge pump. And I didn't get to practice with it. It was straight into squirrel hunting like the day after I got it. <laughs> we, we did get a squirrel. And for some reason, dad cooked it on a grill. You might as well have been taking a leather work boot and just mm -hmm. gnawing on the thing. It was the, I mean, it was awful. <laughs> how old were you this is like a horrible memory <laughs> i was eight. Oh my god that's terrible yeah it was uh it was it was fun it's still a good memory so you guys both you know were familiar with like hunting before ever you know competition was even a blinker or in your eye <laughs> yeah it, dad was dad was a quail hunter the whole time i was alive he was a uh a weapon specialist in the military so that's pretty cool. Didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. In his long two-year stint. <laughs> I mean, it's still something. <laughs> yeah. Did you have a lesson that you learned early on too, like something that stuck with you with, with maybe from him and his military background? Uh, I took a bullet to school by accident one day <laughs> after we'd been shooting. That made for an interesting school day. Mm. What? It, it fell out of my jacket. I didn't realize it was in there because we were hand loading out of our jacket pockets. And uh, I went to a private school and the bullet fell out of my pocket on the bus. And uh, I got yanked into the principal's office like I was a school shooter or something. And <laughs> I was like, I didn't know. <laughs> Solid. It's kind of like the airport. Have you guys ever, have you ever traveled and like had a triple and triple and double and whatever? Check your bags, make sure there is nothing in there. Yeah, I'm always scared of that too because I usually throw with like my 380 and my luggage when we go on like little vacation trips. Yep. And it's the same bag I take through the airport. So, yeah. <laughs> Rich, have you flown with firearms yet? No. Mm -mm. Okay. Can't remember if you had yet. That's no. cool. Yeah, I haven't done it either. Oh. You just said you flew, flew with, the, oh, the bag. I get it now. I'm here. I fly with the bag, not with the gun. Not with the gun. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> not yet. Uh, okay. Across. So, not yet <laughs> you you guys are both raising kids too and you know I've only experienced that from me being raised in the firearms community you know with my dad but how are you guys you know putting that into the next generation for your kids well my son said he's not shooting it if it doesn't have a red dot the other day so so he's bougie already <laughs> he shot he shot a 22 cricket like two or three times which it's already too small for him. And then he wanted to shoot my nine millimeter carbine. And after he shot that with a red dot on it, now anything I want to shoot, he's like, does it have a red dot? We were looking at over and under shotguns for him the other day. And he goes, can you put a red dot on this? And I was like, yes. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. But he, he shoots pretty good already. He's, uh, he's come a long way from about three years ago. That's awesome. Yeah. So, Rich, are you taking the uh, the same approach your dad did? <laughs> well, it's a little different for me. Um, my little guys are seven now. I have twins, and they are just, they're a hoot. But uh, 
you know, they have their typical, you know, love the matchbox cars and the Legos and playing outside and playing Nerf guns. So we have all kinds of fun battles in the house and stuff with that. But when it comes to the real firearms, they haven't experienced that yet. Um, that's something that I have to be, you know, I have to be careful and respectful with my ex-wife. So uh, I hope, I hope that comes soon. Um, but when it comes to my, you know, my stuff down, my reloading stuff downstairs, they don't, they know, they don't go near any of it. And, it's uh, it's dad's dungeon. Yep, they don't touch any of the stuff over there. They're okay. they're very they're very well behaved when it comes to that. But you know, every now and then they'll ask me, "Hey, dad, can we make some bullets?" So that's pretty cool. <laughs> yes, that's like a win because you want them to approach you. You don't want to force it on yep. them. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. Meanwhile, Don, uh, you're in your dungeon. Do you want to share what you have done? <laughs> so my son reloads uh, reloads my primer tubes for me, which is great because I don't have to do that. I've got like ten of them. I just sit him down. Go ahead, bud. I come out. He, uh, he's got his first bullet he ever made up in his bedroom. First but, uh, actual, like, ready to go? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. He shot he shot something that he's made before. <laughs> That's good. I mean, we just keep an eye. Not child slavery. That's why we have kids, right? You just... <laughs> I, hey, you know what? Um, I used to have a single stage press that I would mount in my living room, and he'd put on gloves and process all my brass for me. It was wonderful. That is cool. That is cool. You know, for all you listeners out there too, um, I squatted recently with a dad and a daughter and I didn't even think of it and didn't know. Cause um, I don't know if you guys read, I wrote a whole blog about lead poisoning and stuff and straight up the dad was like, Hey, listen, her lead levels got really high. Um, we're not allowed or she's not allowed to touch steel, pick it up, paint it like, you know, and let's respect that. Cause that's something that gets into kids systems faster than adults. Yeah. I was at 10 last time I went to the doctor, which uh, under modern rules that the doctors give you they're like oh that's terrible and then i talked to the old guys and they're like when i was in gunnery sergeant i was a 30 <laughs> they were like don't worry about it till you at least get 20 it's horrible no rich have you ever been tested you know what i actually have i had some blood work done not that long ago and i don't i don't want i don't know why i want to think i was like a 14 or something like that Ooh, might be. Not, yeah i'd have to look you might be. Yeah, I got mine down. I was 11, got mine down to five, actually. Like, I was dramatic about it, but it's harder to get out of your system and real easy to get in. Yeah. And we'll talk about range snacks because that's probably how we did it. <laughs> Don yeah. wanted to devote a whole hour to range snacks and we'll get yeah. there. <laughs> so, uh, how do you, what, what got you guys into three gun? Um, you know, did you Google? Was it someone that said, hey, come out and shoot? Or was there like a picture or a video on the internet that you're like, I got to do that? Oh, well, watch Jerry on Three Gun Nation, and that was yep, all. Yeah, that was it. I saw it on YouTube. Jerry Mitchellick, Three Gun Nation. I watched pretty much all of them with that were on there. You know, Max Michelle and some of those other guys, and I'm like, I got to do this. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah. They held nationals in uh, Alton, Virginia, in 2017. So me and some guys jumped in the car, drove down there, watched it. It was like 10 degrees. Everybody's shotgun was jamming up because the oil was freezing. It was great yep. though. You know, you bring up a good point, Don. You want to talk about why the shotgun jammed and why is it water-based oil? You know, what happens there? <laughs> I don't know what oil they used. All I know is uh, <laughs> I, I put some CLP on there and from uh, from Lucas Gun Oil and it runs just fine. That's what I use. Yeah, Lucas Oil has a great uh, product that runs from like a dramatic low temp to high temp. But yeah, if you use like a water-based oil, not only is it bad if it's cold because it'll freeze, but if it gets too hot, what does water do? 
Liquefied. Or evaporate. Evaporate. Yeah. Liquefied. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, if it's like a gel, it's got to liquefy, then it evaporates. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of cool, though. So, you, okay, tell me about like uh, watching the match. So, you went out there, you didn't know like at all how three gun worked, how match was run. Yeah. You just yeah. checked it out. Yeah. No, the best part was we were like, me and the guys, we stopped and we got a six pack going down there because we were going to be all discreet when we got there because we're like, certainly they don't allow drinking with guns. <laughs> and we got down there and dudes just start pulling cases out of everywhere. And we were like, oh, okay, this is a thing in the spectator aspect, you know, and, you know, everybody that was done shooting for the day, they were sitting around watching all the guys because we just showed up for the, um, like the head to heads. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Shoot it was like, whatever. yeah, yeah, it was like, it was like being at an event, you know, it was like being at a football game. You got the grandstand sitting there. Yeah. This is great. Yeah. I mean, That's pretty see, cool. Like, yeah. You got to see Horner. I forgot. I forgot he won that year, but it was great. Was it Daniel Horner or Andy? I think Daniel was shooting in it, but Daniel didn't win. Gotcha. I don't remember who won. That's really cool. Hmm. You know, okay. So you're talking about uh, the shoot offs and, and being athletic. Rich, uh, Rich, I knew that you used to be an athlete. You said you moved up for, for ball. How does that kind of help in already having that athletic background in the three gun world? Well, you know, being my huge stature of six foot, I meant five foot five. Um, I was a little guy. So uh, one of the things too, my dad, um, like I said, he was pretty tough on me. So, you know, I was cutting grass in like elementary school. I was doing yard work, super young. And he got me into doing push-ups and, you know, pull-ups and crunches and all that stuff real, real young. He too is in the military and, um, so, yeah, it, I believe it was a tremendous payoff because it, it got me started into working out in the weights and, you know, uh, you know, doing sprinting the whole nine yards. And uh, I believe it was a tremendous help for me, especially playing baseball. You know, I played ball pretty much my whole life till my mid-20s, played in college. And, um, you know, and then from there, it kind of went to, all right, well, what do I do now? And it sounds kind of goofy and a lot of people make fun of me for it, but I, I started playing competitive badminton. You want <laughs> you, Sorry, want to talk, didn't know that. you want to talk about like a workout you know a half an hour or more of that I mean it's all speed and agility a lot of quick movements and I think that's kind of helped me help me stay young and somewhat limber yeah you know, I, I, I never I, hurt yeah. my arm ever my whole baseball career I never hurt my arm it was like the first season of playing badminton I ended up like it's like oh this is not good oh my goodness do you remember when he did that Don so manly. <laughs> we don't talk about that, huh? <laughs> I mean, you just did, and it's going to be live. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I just played softball after four years and not playing yesterday, and I'm like, all right, am I going to be able to walk today? Yeah. yeah I'm doing all right. I'm, I'm a little tender. Oh, my whole right arm from pulling the bow back? Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, same jello. Don, do you do any exercising for three <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, I uh, chase my kid up and down the stairs and around the house and <laughs> climb some ladders every day. You know, Rich is a uh, Rich. Rich trains a lot harder than I do. Yeah, no, absolutely, uh, Rich. So you're pretty self-disciplined too. You know, as a, I miss those days where I had a coach. I actually did better when I had a coach or I had people that were showing up. It's like you know, I would show up for them because they're going to be there and it'd be easy. How hard is it to self-discipline yourself and you know your teaching your um, you got your family to, to be with. Now, how do you fit all of that into that schedule too? Yeah, that, uh, it makes it kind of hard. You kind of have to prioritize what, uh, what's important, but you know, I just, I, 
I just I know I just got to fit it in, you know. And if I want if I want to run around with them, be able to keep up with my little guys and have a good time with them and them to think back on all the fun that we had together. I gotta I gotta keep my physical part of me up. So uh, and then three gun, you know, you get a you're getting a lot of these really awesome young shooters coming into the game. And it's like, man, if, if, if I want to keep up with those guys and not be dying after running a 30-second stage, I got to do something about it. So I'm really hoping that once school gets out for the summer, I can really hammer down and kind of get back into it the way I used to. Yeah. Or girls in Don's case, you know. <laughs> These junior women. Hey, they do. They smoke me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Don, your, your attitude matches. Like, you're still competitive. You still want to do yeah. well. And you're a great yeah. shooter. But let's talk about how you're just kind of positive, go lucky guy out there on the range. <laughs> I'm always working or taking care of my kids. So my range time is my fun time. So other than the two people before I shoot where I try and zone in on my stage, I mean, I'm just there to have fun. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Did you always, were you always like that though? Or was there a time that you were you know, so burnt out or so competitive that it just wasn't fun or just, that's always you. No, I mean, like I've always been competitive, like, a, you know, I was from a single A high school, but I was pretty much like varsity in every single sport that I played in. And so I was always really competitive, but I was never overly serious. <laughs> I, was, I was a mean and dirty soccer player, but that was about it. So while Rich and I are getting MVPs, you're just like the best cheerleader. What is that award? Spirit Award. Mm -hmm. No, I wouldn't. No, I mean, I was like all region all the time. But <laughs> oh, I'm kidding. I was in the state championship for wrestling and stuff like that. But I played rugby in college. That's awesome. I, I was having fun too. So. Yeah. So I want to give you all both a chance, actually. So you started your career in three again. I kind of want you guys both to talk about how you joined the shooting teams or the sponsors that you got paired up with, was that a social media thing? Was that someone meeting, you know, meeting the, the owners in person? Like how did all of that kind of happen? Well, for me personally, I just kind of looked at it, you know, like um, I looked at the companies that I really respected. I really looked up to that. I really, you know, I, I really liked their gear because I had experience with it. And, and I just kind of reached out, you know, most of them I kind of reached out to, you know, with, with having a, a teaching background, you know, I kind of thought of, you know, I put myself together a resume, put together what I've done, who I am, what I'm about, what I stand for, and, and what I've accomplished both personally and in the, in the shooting world. And it just kind of went, it just kind of went from there. And I've been, I've been really blessed and humbled by uh, the experiences I've had the last three years. And I'm truly thankful for it. So cool. And I would probably define you as an introvert. Am I wrong? Yes and no. It kind of He's depends. I, I definitely don't like the uh, the spotlight. But uh, you know, when you get to know me, it comes out. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Don, what did you say? He's getting better. We're roughing him up every yeah, you know, yeah. every we go to. He's starting to come out of his shell now. Mm -hmm. You know, but that's that's something unique. I I met. Um, I'm probably gonna try to interview him. I met an introvert at the last match, and he was so quiet the whole time. And I'm like, how do you deal with being an introvert? <laughs> hmm. Is it terrifying does it take a lot out of you i mean uh there there can definitely be times of overthinking things that's for sure yeah yeah <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> and don well, you're quite I just awesome. try to remain humble you know i don't want to be that guy out there but well, uh it is fun humble. to stick to him don don's yeah. a lot of fun to be around i definitely <laughs> enjoy squatting up with him yeah 
our first two long road trips were great because James and I are just smack talking him and then we'll wait. We'll wait because you know he, he's not as quick with it. So you have to sit there and think about it. We're like, all right, we know you got something. Come on, come on. <laughs> and the quiet ones are normally the ones that say the worst. You're like, where did I come from? <laughs> okay, let's talk about these road trips. Um, oh. A lot of us have traveled into the middle of nowhere, horrible hotels, horrible Airbnbs, and for the people listening out there, they cuddle. They share beds when they need to. <laughs> hey, we're, we're trying to save money for the bullets. So. That's right. Oh my God. I need more ammo. I got to save Rich, every penny I can get. Rich doesn't take up a lot of room in the bed anyway. <laughs> so terrible. What was, what was your best road trip experience so far? Uh, Great Lakes. Yeah, Great Lakes. Yep. What happened? Go ahead, right. it it's a long trip to start with so we're going up the road and i'm driving and uh james swears that this is my fault but i drove his car his truck everything was fine he took over driving and the next thing he knows he's got no power to the wheels and we're just breaking down in the middle of i don't even know where we were but a hundred thousand miles of cornfields and i mean there is nothing Mm-hmm. But we, we came to stop right in front of a farmer's house. And if you're ever going to break down, farmer is the best person to break down around. He came out and helped us out, threw a tow rope around the front of the car, towed us up the road, refused any money. Wow. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. And, and Rich, you don't have to answer this or touch on this, but that led me there. You're very spiritual. You're very re- religious. What were you feeling kind of in that moment? You know what? I wasn't really worried about it. You know, going, one of the things that I said to myself when I got into this sport is I'm going to enjoy myself. You know, I'm still going to focus on wanting to do well, but I'm going to focus more on the experience or on the process, more of the things that I can control instead of, you know, you know, I got to shoot it at this time. You know, I got to accomplish this. I got to do that. I got to win. So I just said to myself, you know, it's time to enjoy this because when it came to baseball, I was pretty hard on myself. I wanted to do well, every at bat, every play, the whole nine yards. And I said, I'm going to sit back. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to control what I control. And I'm going to, I'm going to focus, like I said, on the process of what I'm capable of accomplishing and and worry about the results later. That's awesome. I wasn't, I wasn't too stressed out about it. Oh, that's not me. I'm type A. I would have been freaking out. (laughs) You want to hear about the ride home on that trip? Yeah, I do. <laughs> we leave the match late at night. James asked us, he said, uh, have y'all ever had White Castle? And I hadn't. <laughs> so he's like, we're going an hour out of the way to get White Castle. And, you know, little teeny White Castle burgers. I, told, I was like, all right, well, I can eat a bunch of those. So I fell asleep in the back. When I woke up, they were there, and James had ordered 100 White Castle mm-hmm. burgers. 100. That, the stinkingest ride you have ever <laughs> held. Three men full of white castles trapped inside of that car on the ride home. Yep. Ew, what did that cost? <laughs> I, I don't even know. I don't remember. But I know we ate it for dinner, breakfast, lunch, yep. and we still yep. had like we left over when we got back to my Pretty house in Virginia. That's not and even good. <laughs> actually, it was delicious, but your stomach doesn't feel good for about a <laughs> month. I don't know who let y'all out. <laughs> hmm. Oh man. Was there ever like, um, I won't say the worst. Was there ever like a bad road trip experience or what's just like tough when you're on the road? 
Florida's hard just because it's so many hours to drive straight through from here. Mm-hmm. And for Rich, it's like six hours more because he had to drive to my house. And then I think it was like 14 mm-hmm. from my house down there. Oof. And we did it all in one day. Oh, yeah. No. Like nonstop drive. We, we rolled up to Universal. What was it like? I don't even know. The sun had just come up. And it like was like four. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. That's rough. And you had to shoot that same day, or did you at least oh, have no, a day? No, no, no. We no. came in the day early to do a walkthrough. Yeah, we walked stages. And then passed yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's where we spent five hours stage prepping and doing walkthroughs, and then I finished the match with, like, 47 FTEs. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have James, who just walks down and looks at him. He's like, yeah, you were good. And there's Don and I, you know, mm-hmm. trying to figure out what we're going to do, how we're going to do it. Yeah, this is where was- we met. This is Nationals. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, James finished his entire walkthrough of all the stages in like 45 minutes. And then he yep. was yelling, he took like four and a half hours. Nope. Yeah. No, I remember, I remember Rich's head down. I remember I was very analytical too. And people were like, yeah, it's this distance. I'm like, I don't care. I have my own. I'm going to figure out my own, you know, reading of it because it could be different. Yours to be off. You could be in the wrong spot. <laughs> and meanwhile, Rich and I are like comparing. We're like one yard off. We're like, who's right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> We had a great squad too. I had a lot so of great fun. people on match. Yeah. Yeah. I learned a lot. Yeah. Um, and meanwhile, let's talk about mental game real quick. I'm gonna let both of y'all go, but I'm gonna share this because I'm proud of it and mad about it. So Don, who has missed every target then and, and everything else on every stage, I come to a stage that I didn't get to do a walkthrough of because I now remember that I think the uh, AMU team was still shooting it. So it was the only one I missed. And I show up and I was like second shooter, and I was like, mm. I don't have a stage plan. I don't know how to shoot this. You had to bring the gun up and back and it was a cluster. So Don was like, all right, Kenzie, you're gonna go here. You're gonna go here. You're gonna do this. You're gonna dump that gun. You're gonna pull this gun. You're gonna shoot those targets. Literally to a T, I follow his stage plan. Meanwhile, I don't count rounds or bullets or anything because I thought he would have told me. So I get to the last like four pistol shots, click. And I'm just like, done. And so I reload and shoot it at the end. He's like, yeah, I forgot to tell you to reload. But, <laughs> but he gave me that stage plan and like literally a minute later i was shooting the stage and did exactly what he said yeah that was awesome you shot it clean too yeah i did that was a lot of fun <laughs> so don mental game not there semi there don't, don't have any it's non-existent i'm just praying to god when i'm done that all the targets are down you just need to move up in major power factor for a usda I, I don't know but every time i finish if you look i'm looking all around behind me everywhere like something's back there somewhere did, did i forget anything bridge you can't watch him shoot can you because it'll screw you up mm-hmm. yeah I, I i don't i don't really you know i'll, I'll look at some guys watch see what but i don't i just kind of have my own yeah my own game plan that i run through and and i just I picture myself going through what I'm going to do and how I'm going to do it. And I run it and I just try to Rich, stay focused. Rich does a walkthrough after every single shooter. <laughs> All right. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> I mean, do we bring up the resetting or not? Nah? <laughs> I reset, quit it. I've got, a, I've got a picture of that one time. Yeah. That was a good picture too. That is so funny. I've got a guy locally who brings a megaphone and he brings his neighbor's kid. And it's so funny because the kid is like 14 or 15, fully able body, doesn't reset. So we have the microphone, Evan, reset, bring the tasters. <laughs> Just flat out embarrasses him. Maybe we need to do that, Don. Yeah, we could yell at him. 
<laughs> in, in his defense, yell at me. he's him about was because he was trying to help another guy who was having gun malfunctions. Yeah, no. no we're picking on you. We have to. Okay, no, that's, that's all right. I, I get it. It's cool. I'm all right with it. But as an open shooter, you know, that it, it does gets a little frustrating, you know, the whole pre-game and post-game kind of thing with the whole, you know, all the gear. Oh my goodness. And the shotgun, you know, the mags, unload the mags, checking them. Yes. whole nine yards yeah it's but it's fun. fun it's a lot of fun as you can see if, or or here if you're listening on this podcast we give each other a lot of uh, hard times but you know we wouldn't have it any other way um so, so tell me guys um along the way uh how has shooting kind of introduced you to people that you probably never would have run into or people from different backgrounds um tell me about that what's that been like i met a lot of great people a lot of great personalities a lot of different walks of life and uh it's been a pretty cool experience that i know otherwise i would have never experienced if i didn't you know step outside of my of my comfort zone and, and do this thing i remember my my first major i think was mountain state two years ago and that is where i met don and them you know i'm 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 going down after school and i got down there i don't even know what time it was 10 or 11 o'clock at night all the guys are already kind of in the bunkhouse the whole i didn't know anybody mm-hmm. i just kind of roll up and go with the plan and it just turned out to be an awesome weekend and, you know, met Don and James through all that and, and uh, Michael and some other Mike and some other really awesome dudes, money, penny, the whole nine yards. Yeah, it was, it was a good time. Was that the last match you shot a tube gun as your open gun, like the last major? <laughs> um, you know what, that you're probably right. Yeah. I think that was two it's years ago. Day. That was my first, first three gun major. Yeah. Rich is an amazing open shooter, but he might be one of the worst quad loaders I've ever yeah. seen. Him. Yeah, that's right. I was running my, I had my tube gun then. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you're saying that I have a chance to be rich if we have a tube shot. You know what? You do an all shotgun match and give him a tube gun, hands down, you have him. I'm in. I'm in. I feel like that's a fair nope. fight. I'll be practicing four hours a day, <laughs> quad loading. The crazy thing is, no, with, I'm in, yo. With, Five five with Rich five 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 six, he stays in such a ready baseball squatted bent over stance, and the shotgun tube is so long. I can't believe he didn't like javelin that thing into the ground when he runs it. <laughs> got to like jump to get it in the barrel. Oh yeah. Well, oh, not just that, but even with your open shotgun, you got that giant thing, and and Rich gets low, y'all. And it's like, how is the mag not on the ground? <laughs> That's wild. He's um, fast. Do what? I said he's fast in and out of position because he stays low like that. I mean, he's already five feet on the ground. Right. Lower <laughs> center of gravity, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So real quick too, before we, if we change subjects or go further. Okay. Well, I want to know what you guys do for work, right? Because I just want to show people how, you know, all these people are connected from firearms and the second amendment and hunting and shooting. And yet they might have like, you know, jobs that you would never think that they'd be gun people. Right. Go ahead, Don. I'll let you start. I'm a contractor, so I meet tons of people that are gun people. <laughs> but uh, but you tied your business kind of into your your sponsorship or jersey and all that, right? Yeah. So uh, as long as you own your own business and you slap that on the back of your jersey, it makes all your ammo and match fees a tax write off. So that was the only reason I was ever interested in sponsorships. I was like, well, I'm already going to have a jersey made, so I can have a tax write off. I might as well talk to some of these people. Oh, man. which was great i got to meet a you know a lot of good company owners that way 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, think about that too. So how much have you connected with people, you know, that you meet in shooting and done business with them outside of that? Um, a little bit. The bad thing is we don't, we don't talk about work that much when we're there. Yep. So I just had a guy that, uh, I've been shooting with him for two years and he just had like $150,000 worth of work done on his house. And I'm like, I could have saved you 40 grand. Oh, giving you the exact same product. You know, it is good and bad though, right? Because we're there to shoot. We're there to have fun. We don't go to talk about work or family or school or whatever's going on in our personal lives. We try to block that out. Now, sometimes we do bring it to the range, right? But that's kind of the, the benefit. And I'll share this too. I used to shoot cowboy action. Yes. Make fun of me if you will, but we never knew anyone's real name. Like I'm not kidding. So I borrowed pistols one match because mine broke, didn't know his real name. And at the end of the match, like, I found him to give him back. There was like 200 people. And he was like, you know, I was kind of worried that I wouldn't find him again. Cause I didn't know your actual name, but we knew gun people are fine. They would figure it out. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> but that's so true. We don't talk about it. That's a good thing. Cowboy action, like three gun, like how friendly everybody is. Four gun. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> that's awesome. It is really cool. And I mean, we would have a lot of, of the age differences too. So I remember watching like an 82 year old smoke my butt on stages and I'm like, great, great. I'm being beat by an 82 year old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ridge, what about you? What's your background? I'm a school teacher. So I teach in a small rural school, North central PA, um, basically K to 12. Oh, phys ed, health, tech ed, hands-on stuff, computer-based stuff. Yeah, a little bit of everything. That's so cool. Have you connected with anyone else, you know, outside the shooting world or from the shooting world for, for anything that you need or? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I certainly talk to some people online and through social media and everything, but, um, you know, I have my select few that I, that I do keep in touch with quite often. <laughs> Unfortunately, this guy, Don, you know, that I know he's, uh, I mean, don't say that out loud. I went on vacation. He was devastated. He didn't get to talk to me every morning. Yeah, right. I did cry a couple nights. <laughs> but it is cool. Like, you know, our one hobby or one thing connects all of us that we would never in a million years, I don't think, would have met. Hmm. You know, had we not done it. And ish, Rich, I, I feel like I still go through that fear, right? You got your boy, you two roll up again. Rich and Don, they're a thing, they're a duo. Meanwhile, I'm like, hmm. I'm gonna go alone it's like facing that fear every single time i go to a match stressful well don's oh. letting me down here this month coming up shooting he's not gonna be able to join me at peacemaker for a couple yeah months. why not uh i got a church thing that i'm doing um fair yeah so yeah, i, I volunteered to like set up tables and stuff for like a little kid's event you know, what makes three guns so awesome though, is, I mean, there's a lot of times, like I said, especially to locals or matches within three or four hours from me where, you know, I'll get a shoot. I don't know anybody, you know, and obviously in the beginning, it's a little uncomfortable, but by the end of the match, you know, everybody's like, it's like we're bros, you know, it's like we've known each other for years and that's what makes three guns so awesome and the whole shooting community. It's just been, it's really neat. Cause like I said, by the time you're done, uh, you can't wait to squad with the guys again and shoot with them and the ladies. Yeah. <laughs> Throw that out there. Yeah. You, ladies. you say you never, you never meet a stranger on the range and you never yeah. leave a stranger. Um, and that's pretty cool. And you know, have you ever had that magical squad that you're like, it's never going to happen again. Like, how do I top that squad? Mm. I feel like at every time almost. <laughs> that's that squad at nationals was pretty awesome. We had like the best, uh, team mom with Becky Ackley. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
seeing Beth Walker, she was kind of a dream for me. She is amazing and super sweet. And Tim, Tim Yackley was like, what, third? Maybe not. I probably got it wrong. He's, I think he was third. He was phenomenal. I mean, yeah, we have the best of the best. And, um, yeah, and then we had, you know, and then we had Don. <laughs> yeah, then we had Don. Mm-hmm. I had to keep going. I swear I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how often? So how often has anyone, we'll just ballpark it here, offer to lend you their gear? Maybe not their ammo so much anymore, but their gear, their guns, their ammo, like something t- for you to use. Mm-hmm. Everybody's throwing shell caddies around on the big shotgun stages. That's just like a free for all. Take it, whatever you need. Yeah. Yeah. They're the friendliest people, you know? Um, Okay. Important discussion. All right. And this is ridiculous because I was asked to pick up a range snack for y'all one time. And apparently the smallest store in the smallest city didn't have it. So what are your range snacks essentials? Um, Maybe something that's gross that you like to snack on. (laughs) I know what you're talking about. It's not gross. It's delicious. Yeah. I did not know what those were until nationals. I'd never heard of them. <laughs> Rich, what did you get him into? <laughs> are you talking about Uncrustables? I'm talking about Uncrustables. Oh, those man, those are the best. best. Oh, no. What's the trick to them? You buy them frozen and then let them defrost? What's that? That's trick? right. You eat them. Fresh. You don't need to let them thaw. I eat them frozen. They're just Mm-mm. good. Yeah. Yeah. I go, I go to the, my Uncrustables. I got some trail mix, some granola. You know, banana, get some potassium there, maybe an apple, simple. Uh, definitely water and then some type of electrolyte, electrolyte replacement. And I learned that early on playing, you know, playing college ball. You know, you play double, every game was, you play, always play double headers. So you, you know, when you're playing at, at that level, you know, for that long, you, you, you kind of need to keep the fuel tank up and going. So I try to focus on making sure that I'm feeding myself and keeping myself hydrated when I'm out there. <laughs> and then we got done. <laughs> Teriyaki beef jerky bites. Oh yeah, beef jerky. Can't Cheese forget about that one. Mm-hmm. And whatever Rich has hiding in his bag. Yep. Oh my goodness. And what's the what's the secret flavor that you have to get for the uncrustables? <laughs> oh, I only like the grape ones. Yeah. I'm not. I also had to call I'll Rich the first time I wanted to buy them because I'm on the peanut butter aisle and I'm like, dude, I can't find them anywhere. And I'm in Kroger. I know they got them. He's like, dude, they're, they're in prison. <laughs> Jesus. The most part oh. about it is like, oh, it's like, it's just peanut butter and jelly and bread. No big deal. And then you look at the back and there's like 30 ingredients in there and you're like, hmm. this might not be the best choice. Nope. Not at all. You can pronounce. So what's the weirdest snack you've seen someone bring to the range other than my pickle jar? <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> it's like a giant pickle jar. I think mine was some sort of Asian like wrap thing it was almost like a kelp type sandwich i'm like what is that but well that that guy we just shot with at uh area six got sponsored by like the japanese bar snack or <laughs> it was the lemon waffles like the that's little it. yeah that's it they're like yes. lemon. oh gosh like, genius sponsored by a snack company yeah right <laughs> that's bill urquhart and we've got to ask him now what the heck that yeah. was mm. <laughs> It wasn't bad. I tried. Yeah, they're all right. They're healthy-ish with a little bit of like sweet dessert flavor in there, you know. But I've seen people roll up to the range with sushi and their Mm. French press coffee. God, now that's cool. I'm down with the French press coffee. (laughs) You know, I travel with my French press everywhere I go. I don't bring it to the range, but I do bring everything. Coffee, French press, my grinder, 
has to be fresh. <laughs> Whatever works. Got an intruder. Do what? I got an intruder over here. What's up, buddy? Oh. I know what a French press is, but I couldn't tell you what to do with it. What? It brings tea. Oh. Coffee. Okay, fair. I was going to say, if you drink some lesser known coffee, then French press nope. would take your life. Nope, no coffee for me. I'll give you that. But do you drink caffeine and tea? Sometimes. Sometimes. Hey, bud, if you put on a shirt later, maybe you can. <laughs> Can't keep clothes on this boy. Oh, my goodness. Good. Okay. Um, so you guys can take your time on this one or, or think about it. So, you know, you, you've met probably people that were in the community. Maybe there was someone that you idolized. Maybe, maybe not. Um, did you ever meet your heroes or did you meet that person that you kind of looked up to? And what was that experience like? All right. Jerry Mitchellick. Yeah. We, uh, when we were walking stages at nationals last year, we ended up walking a stage when he was walking the all shotgun stage. Um, so. And um, I was like, look who it is, you know? And I, I didn't say anything, you know, I wanted to respect his, you know, what he was doing there and stuff. But when, after everything was all said and done um, at the end of the match, when we were all gathered there under the pavilion, I, I did walk over to, you know, say hello and got a picture with him. So that was, that was pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I respect you for that too. A lot of shooters or even people, they'll fanboy, fangirl, whatever. And they'll interrupt people in the middle of their stage or about to shoot or yeah, in their walkthroughs. And it doesn't matter what level you're on. That's a good lesson to learn is just to wait for them to do their thing, give them their time and then ask for the photo later. <laughs> you know what? I, I almost lost a little bit of the idolizing part with, uh, with both Jerry Mitchell and Todd Jarrett because... Yeah. When you meet them, like say after, mm -hmm. they're just so chill, so casual, yep. so nice, so friendly. They yep. just become, you know, two shooters that you know that are way better than you. So <laughs> for me, it's like most of the guys there. So. I was about to say, that's a long list. <laughs> no, I was telling someone, I was telling my lawn guy that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I was talking to him about like, he's like, what are you doing? Why are you always gone when I'm, you know, here? And I was like, well, I travel the country shooting, right? And he's like, oh my God, have you met Jerry? I was like, yeah. But for me, that's kind of like an every every quarter kind of thing. You know, he he was at a range in Florida. He was at Frost Groove. Like he's a shot show. So for us, it's a, it's a smaller community than people realize. Mm -hmm. it's, it's really The best cool. Jerry stories have nothing to do with shooting. Yeah. Like, like the cat that his friend had that got uh, lead poisoning by sleeping inside of his uh, bullet trap. Or uh, when his uh, when his truck that he towed his boat died down, and he used the fan on the back of the fan boat to push his truck down the road. I mean, he is from Louisiana, or yeah. Louisiana. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so, do you guys have maybe like someone who is who inspires you still, or maybe like pushes you to work harder? So, is there someone whose level that you kind of want to be on in the community that you're working towards? I want to be the best me. There you go. Yeah. I mean, you can't try to really shoot specifically to somebody else's level. Mm -hmm. You just want to beat what you're capable of all the time. I like it. Absolutely. Well said. Oh. And, and, and be the best I can. I want to beat Rich every stage. <laughs> In open. <laughs> In open. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. And then he'll just leave five or six targets for me so I can beat him. 
So you guys talked about a lot of the matches. Um, maybe what's your favorite stage you've ever shot if you have one? And why was it your favorite? Favorite stage? I don't know what you think about that one, but just off the top of my head, my favorite type of stage is, is a nice jungle run where you get a good mix of all three of your, you know, your pistol, your rifle, and your shotgun. I have to second that. Yeah. yeah. yeah over there, three gun. <laughs> that, that's every stage at uh, Great Lakes. Yeah. Every stage is like an old-fashioned jungle run. You usually finish at least 75 yards away from where you started. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, it was a good time. And, they, you know, they, they really... I mean, you were shooting 200 yard shots offhand. On oh, wow. Stuff. It was, it was cool. It was a great match. Really enjoyed that. Huh. What's the, the worst stage or maybe like how, how was like the worst stage maybe that you've ever shot and why was it so terrible? <laughs> well, I don't know if I've really had any stage or match that I really disliked, but uh, I did make a rookie mistake the last match and uh screwed up shooting a couple bc targets didn't shoot it with my pistol and it it cost me but yeah well live and learn it happens yeah if if you're not pushing the limits or uh stepping up your game you're not learning so yeah yep yeah, yeah. <laughs> don i just feel like you're just there <laughs> i think of uh I can't think of a, like a stage that was like the work, like I hated it. I mean, I can think of some that I've shot really bad. That's what I mean. Yeah, for you, <laughs> what happened? Uh, oh, that, that Nationals long range stage is, I mean, when, when in the middle of the stage, when you go to like that third bag and your heart just drops because you know there's nothing you can do to hit it because it's like, I know my zero was there and I shoot and I don't hit it. So then I go like, all right, high, low. Then I'm doing the corners, working all the way around it. And I'm like, I have no idea where I'm at because I've, I've shot every slight hold off target there could possibly be. And there was no wind. And it's just like so deflating. Jeez. Yeah. And that was at the start of the stage. So if you're not moving. <laughs> no, yeah. You're, it's, it's not like it was like a, a unstable thing. You're shooting prone on like a rock solid table off a linked mag so it's almost like a bipod <laughs> oh, i'm like what do i do <laughs> Just get up. I, I better hurry up for a timeout <laughs> that's what i was thinking oh man um it's really fun to be that first shooter you know and it's when it's your go and you've had like no time to plan or prep for it and yeah but we all get to experience that so but that's oh, yeah. probably you know the most you know that first stage too just in general that first stage first stage jitters once you get that under your belt, then it's just kind of sit back, relax, and try to enjoy yourself, but shoot a good match. Absolutely. I don't know about y'all, but I've been shooting for a couple of years now, and I don't know why, but every time I go to a major match, I can't sleep the night before. I'm still mm -hmm. nervous. And it's like, I haven't really not seen any targets out there, right? We're used to long range. We're used to swingers. We're used yep. to clay aerial, aerials. Why? I mean, it's good and bad because we get the jitters, and then we get an adrenaline dump, too. Yep. That's the excitement though. I mean, that's how you know that you're still in it. You still yeah. really enjoy what you're doing. I'm still like that with everything, you know, but whether I'm, if I'm going out on a, on a, on a ride, you know, hopping on my motorcycle or if I'm going out on a, on a backpacking trip or whatever, I still get, you know, I still get excited and jittery and stuff. And Absolutely. The three again definitely brings it to a, <laughs> to a level that it's uh it's like no other. Yep. My stomach's in knots. Every match doesn't local or nope. major. 
right up until the second that buzzer goes off and then it's just do what you know how to do <laughs> makes sense hmm so do y'all have maybe you have i don't actually know have you DQ'd? And I know, actually, I know Don has DQ'd and undequed, which is total crap for a pro. But <laughs> I, I did not go over the berm. <laughs> okay, we're gonna talk about that. Have you ever DQ'd for one? And then Don, I almost want to tell the story, but you go ahead. Oh, you you can tell. Okay. No. We're shooting no. a <laughs> I'm just gonna start on that, and then you I, can tell I it. I DQ'd three times. Okay. Three times. Was that one of them? The undeq? Yeah, the NDQ was one of them. Okay. The, the most the most unlucky one ever was I have a local match and they're super strict and it's a two gun match. It's PCC carbine pistol and when you clear your PCC because you always shoot that first, you have to drop the mag and the chamber has to be completely empty and on safe before you barrel it. Mm -hmm. And I racked the chamber to throw the round out as I was putting it down. The round ricocheted off the side of the chamber and stuck back in to the side of the port. It wasn't in the chamber, but it was, you know, technically inside of the action. So when they went back and saw that at the end, they had to DQ me for it. So it didn't go off, at least. I thought that's where that was going. Oh, no, no, no. It was just, I, I was like, it's chamber flag, guys. Look, it's perfect. Right <laughs> in there, hold the action open. <laughs> I did that on purpose. That's even safer. <laughs> And the second? <laughs> uh, the second I thought I had hit the last target, realized I hadn't, and we had to move from one port to another with the handgun. <clears throat> and I have adjustable rears on my uh, on my cannon, so I had to put a taller front sight. Right as I realized that uh, I hadn't hit it, I also realized I'd gone to slide lock. So as I'm pulling the gun out, taking one hand off of it, dropping the mag, I managed to hook the front sight on the barricade <laughs> And it just snatched it right out of my hand. Oh, that's not pleasant. Yeah. Oh, man. Both at the same match, both of them on the same bay, too. Oh, man. Rich, how about you? My first match, actually. It was a, I think it was IDPA match. One of the very few that I've ever shot. <laughs> um, it was like the first stage, too. Ever again. Yeah, maybe even the second stage. Uh, they, they said I sweep my hand. And uh, I don't think I swept my hand, but it was basically to kind of hold my shirt down because I didn't have the right. I didn't know what I was doing. I just basically went there with my pistol and they're like, oh, you need cover gear the whole nine yards. But he said I swept my hand and that was it. Ah. So that was, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that happens. And IDPA is great um, for, for practicing Yeah, with your concealed carry gun. And I think most people, too they're probably going to do that when they first get started, you know, especially people I see in my classes teaching concealed carry handgun classes. They don't know how to grab, how to move their shirt. Women don't know how to get out of their purse, right? There's, there's a lot of factors going in there. Did you wear a fishing vest? Awesome. <laughs> probably. I don't remember. It probably was. I borrowed somebody's vest, so I don't know. Maybe it wasn't. Oh man. I don't know if there's going to be comments. Maybe there will on YouTube if you're, you know, watching this later, but Don, okay. We're at a pro-am. Okay. Don is at a pro level. Okay. I am not. So Don, think about this. So the whole point of the whole match was for the pros to teach the amateurs proper gun handling safety. How to shoot a stage safely. Was, I can't tell. No problem. Terminology no. is what got me. No. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The rule. So you had to start with your shotgun port arms and then you brought it down and you started. No, 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 no. High port. That was the problem. It was high port. I no, I know. High port was. <laughs> and of course, Don, um, before the beep or right at the beep, something like that, 
had his little booger hooker already safety off on the trigger bang bird shot into the sky and apparently we think that bird shot shot up into the air is a safe direction so he got off at a practicality okay. but i was off i was leveled off about 30 degrees up in the air the berm was 500 yards doesn't matter. away doesn't matter this is a pro y'all teaching horrible sh- horrible gun handling horrible safety you know what is taking the safety off and putting your finger on the trigger like a second later right yeah all right hang on so they kept saying the start was high port i'd never heard of high port and i'm trying to talk to ro about what it is so I got to turn sideways for this. So port arms, you know, the guns here on your belt. And I said, it's port arms, right? And he said, no high port. And I was like, like port arms? And he goes, no high port. So I hold the gun straight out over my head like this. And I'm trying to level it off, hit the safety and get on target and snatch the gun down because I've got it like pressed up to the sky. And on the way down, uh, yeah, I, I lost one. Yeah, you should have been bumped back down to amateur and started yeah, over. I tried. I tried to shoot amateur, and they were like, no, no, you can't. <laughs> I think I finished 10th there, so it's a good thing I didn't shoot amateur. No, you were. Anyways, drop the comments if you're watching this later on what that call should have been. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, okay, so what's one piece of gear or one tool that you absolutely can't live without, you don't go anywhere without it, or it's like your favorite piece of gear? I know what Richie's going to say. <laughs> I don't know. What am I going to say? Are we talking like three gun gear, USPSA yeah. gear, brain you know, you gear? Could do all of them if you want, or do the, the one that maybe you bring to all of them, no matter what. Go ahead, Don. What you got? D- does gear include your weapons? <laughs> I was going to say it can't be a gun. <laughs> oh, okay. Never mind. I don't know what Richie's yeah. going with. That, that monstrous long brush he's got for the, uh, for <laughs> his- Shotgun mags, maybe. Yeah, right. Know. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. He can't. Or, oh, hey, you know what? What about clothing? Does clothing count? Uh, for you, maybe. <laughs> it's Rich's shooting shorts, singular. <laughs> Ew, for the whole weekend? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have another pair of shorts. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let's hear it. Where was this? What happened and why? Mm -hmm. (laughs) What happened? Nothing happened. He just has a favorite pair of shooting shorts and he said nothing else he's found is, you know, good enough. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Don't they still make them? They do. I just. Ew. They're his lucky shorts. Don't you sweat? <laughs> yeah, but they, it was all good. Mm. Mm. Don, was it all good? It was fine, actually. I, I was just like, dude, how many pairs of those shorts do you have? You wear them to every match. He's like, oh. Gross. <laughs> what about you, Don? Favorite gear, tool, something that you can't, you know, go to the range without or matches without? Uh, favorite something. Dad? Yes, son. What's these tools? I'm sorry. Rich, I feel like you can't go anywhere without batteries now. Buddy, that's a yeah, right. The circle batteries, the open shooters, yeah. man. Yeah. You should that buy investment in like Duracell. Yeah, I've definitely got backups of some stuff that I'm just like, man, this bag just keeps getting heavier and heavier. Not uh, just bag, three gun, period. 
Oh yeah. And now that, you know, UML two by four, you want to talk about a lot of gear, you know, I'm <laughs> taking my, my rifle, my PCC, my shotgun and my pistol. Mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. <laughs> Don, you got an answer? I don't, uh, The three gun probably, uh, I don't know. I really like my Safari Land bag that I got now, but uh, it would probably be my shotgun caddies. Yeah. What? Oh, yeah. You've been testing out like seventeen different models. Yeah, my my easy load shotgun caddies. Like I'll leave them on when I don't even need shotgun rounds when I'm prone, just to show everybody. Watch me belly flop in the dirt. My shells are still there when I get back up. Invictus Practical does the same thing, so I'm going to plug these. <laughs> yeah, but I can use any length shells I want. You have to adjust for it. No, they're mine. They're set up for me and what I shoot. Uh. Um, okay, so we'll kind of get down to the last couple questions here. Um, if you could tell your, not just younger self, but say like your yourself when you were starting shooting, um, what would you tell yourself to do early on that maybe would have saved you time, money, effort, all of that? Well, I would have got started sooner. That's for sure. Yeah, def- definitely would have got started sooner and, and get it and go with it, you know, enjoy it. If it's something you really enjoy, put the time and effort into it and, uh, you know, sit back, think about it, figure out what you're going to do, how you're going to do it, how you get better. And don't be afraid to ask questions. You know, don't be afraid to take advice from everybody. And, uh, you know, it's a learning process from the time you start to the time you finish up. He may be quiet, ladies and gentlemen, but Ridge drops that knowledge like no other and very quietly, but perfectly. <laughs> yeah, definitely start earlier. Doing <laughs> your age. Yeah, being like mid 30s and get smacked <laughs> by, uh, you know, the yeah, sisters exactly. that are like yeah. under 18. That hurts. It stings. Oh my gosh. Okay, well, we can't help our age. <laughs> Was there something, you know, that you learned too late or wait later on that you wish you would have you know just what? told yourself? Um, it always seems so expensive, but I would tell people to take a class because there's so much you try to learn online and you just can't. Or actually ask people at the matches because if you're talking about three gun, everybody is so friendly. Mm-hmm. They're happy to like take you over to the side and try and teach you stuff. Yeah. And since we don't have crazy, you know, harsh rules, we can uh, show you some gun handling stuff by the berm and not get DQ'd for it. So, oh, don't start that. <laughs> have y'all actually taken any classes or have any on your bucket list to do? No. Not and saying bucket that I list? Did, but I don't have any. Okay. I've never taken any and I don't have any. <laughs> Donald? No, I get the... No. Uh, I'm sure there's lots of them I'd like to take, mm-hmm. but I just... Between time, distance, kids, family obligations... <laughs> I do kind of want to sneak into one of Farewell's classes one time. There you go. I took a, a Joel Turner class, um, and that actually changed a lot. I actually switched from weak hand shotgun loading to strong hand, changed my game there. I uh, learned a lot about offhand rifle, and I remember, this is good and I'll probably cuss, but I remember offhand rifle to skinny Sammy that was pissing me off, and I was like, I can't do this. And then Joel goes, where did that shit come from? You've been talking crap with all the guys about how you're going to beat them, and did, and like going back and forth, and now you're going to say can't. That was a good reminder, right? Because if what we speak and what we say is probably what we're going to do. Absolutely. Uh, Lanny Bash. <laughs> do what? Oh, yeah, Lanny yeah. Bash. 
Yeah. Shooter Mindset. You haven't yeah. read that book yet? No, I had. I didn't hear what you said. Yeah, I actually have it on my on my desk. Um, I was going to say, the other one's like, uh, I want to take a Travis Tomasi class. He's coming, I want to say East Alabama Gun Club pretty soon, but that's near me. Um, there's a lot out there. I mean, Todd Jarrett helped at a, at a low-cap nationals one year. And <laughs> I mean, Todd's local to you, right, Don? Todd? Dude, yeah. I want to shoot Todd so bad because Todd's fun. Yeah. But um, I, I never know when he's doing classes. I'm pretty sure you have his like phone number, cell phone, yeah. or Facebook. Yeah. That. I have enough trouble just squad with him. Todd jumps in a squad and it's like everybody's on him. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Uh, any final nuggets you want to leave folks with? Don't go crazy buying gear. Go, I mean, I know everybody says that. Don't go crazy buying gear. Show up, shoot what you got, test out some other people's stuff because we're all proud of our gear. We have no problems letting other people use it and, and go from there. Don't, don't throw a bunch of money on something you think you need when you are going to get something totally different. Spend those resources, you know, at the range. And when you go to the range, go to the range with a game plan. You know, what is it you're going to work on? What would you like to, you know, whether it's transitions or like you said, offhand rifle or, you know, double taps with your pistol or, you know, hard transitions. Yeah. So you break it down individually when you go out and like not focus yeah. on everything. You do like one for that session. Right. Yeah. When I, when I go out to the range, I, uh, try to go with a purpose you know it's always fun to just get out there and just let it rip and you know <laughs> pose it but you know go to set yourself up what you uh what you like to accomplish you know set small little goals for yourself work on it you know record it look back on it mm -hmm. see what you did well see what you could work on and uh like you said earlier you know focus focus on the good and what what you're what you're crushing and take it from there yeah. And you set up a GoPro, right? When, or our camera, when you film yourself, I just set up my phone. I mean, phones nowadays just do a phenomenal job with video. Oh yeah. You can learn a lot, you know, not just regular speed, but if you've ever done slow-mo. Hmm. Oh yeah. I just, I've done a few of those just trying to check, you know, double taps and, you know, return to zero or reloads, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. It ain't cute. <laughs> when you video your match footage, Try to make sure whoever videos you stands back far enough where they get your footwork because like for USPSA, that's 80% of the match. Yeah. Yeah. We're pretty bad about that sometimes. <laughs> and if you need to load data, don't waste your time doing it. Just call Rich because he's done every combination of everything it's ever been. I just did some of that tonight with uh, Shooter's World Auto. There you go. My Erebus. There you go. Okay. Uh, yeah. So that's a good point. Um, Rich, I'll start with you. Where can people find you on social media and connect with you and learn more if they do have questions about anything that you've talked about? Yeah, so I have a Instagram and YouTube and they're both the same handle. It's just uh, rich24 underscore PA. And then my Facebook is uh, rich.franco24. Awesome. And I, yeah. And what do you want people to ask or come to you with you know, questions, advice, open to everything? Anything, you know, I'm, I'm, open, up, I'm open to constructive criticism. I'm open to uh, maybe what you like to see or, you know, how I've helped you out or anything really just, just conversation. I'm, I'm down to share what I know and, and, and help people out. Love it. Love it. I follow a lot of his stuff and repost it. <laughs> Don, what about you? How can people find you in your short shorts? <laughs> short shorts. You can, uh, you can just do a search for Donald Obier. There's uh, two of us in the world, I think. And, uh, <laughs> 
It's O B I E R. Me and my dad. That's it. Yeah. What's your uh, Instagram handle? It's uh, Donnie Three Gun. Donnie underscore Three Gun. There you go. Yeah. Hit me up because you know I'm looking for a reason to stop working every day. So. <laughs> yeah. Totally. <laughs> well, guys, thanks for being on the podcast. Really appreciate. It. I had a lot of fun. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. Great. And I'll see y'all. Hmm. When's the next match? In area eight. Yeah, I will be. Yeah, area eight. Where are you squat up then? Hmm? Yeah, we're on Sunday. <laughs> Have you looked at area eight? No, I I just got a slot like two days ago. Oh, you had like thirty minutes to squat if you wanted Saturday or Sunday, and like Rich and I can't even shoot together. Oh, what we'll do? The bro club is split. Yeah, it was so nuts. I mean, within thirty minutes, it was crazy, and that was only my second USPSA major ever. I don't know what. I don't know. What to I'm yeah, still I'm trying to tell him USPS as fast as you can, right? Oh, that's funny. Yeah, because like, you got bumped. That's right. Mm-hmm. Bumped up, moving up in classes. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I think I'm getting bumped, so I'm excited about it. I didn't know Air <laughs> Six counted as a classifier. I think I'm getting a bump. <laughs> it does. It does. Thanks again. And um, be sure to subscribe on YouTube. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Reticle Up. Thanks, Kenzie. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the Reticle Up podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Follow along on social media at Reticle Up or 3 Young Kenzie.